0: Welcome to the bonus holiday episode of I'm Uncomfortable. With Thanksgiving behind us and Christmas and New Year's on the horizon, we decided we wanted to tackle an issue that is always uncomfortable, pandemic or not, seeing your family for the holidays. Today we are joined by Kim and Andrea, who are marriage and family therapists. Thank you for being with us today. Uh, at the start of our episodes, we always share a quick tidbit of what's made us uncomfortable lately. So why don't you both start off, Kim. Let's hear from you first.
1: Um, so, just before we started, we were talking about getting licensed, and um, I thought I was uh, ready to be licensed recently, as in just last week. And then I told a lot of people about it, and everyone celebrated because I thought I finished three thousand hours, which is what we needed. And then I found out that I was missing hours, and so it was like one of those <laughs> things where it's so awkward because. Oh, no everyone's like woohoo congrats and then I had to let them know that just kidding just I'm kidding. giving it back to you no. <laughs> but I will take oh, no. it back eventually it'll be done um but yeah it was just so uncomfortable it's like you know when you send someone an invitation and then you're like oh just kidding you know
2: like I can't didn't mean yeah. to send it to you yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of it felt like that <laughs> you're not it felt me. like that <laughs> yeah <Aww>. I... <laughs> well soon enough yeah
3: Andre, how about you So, um, I am the mother of a 13-month-old, and yeah, raising her in the pandemic has been uncomfortable, and going out in public with her is uncomfortable Mm -hmm. since she's under two. She doesn't wear a mask, and um, a lot of people, you know, they see a young baby, and of course, they're happy to see a a new life and, like, want to engage, and one of the first things you do is make faces at a baby, and so one of the first things that people do is pull down their mask and it's like no so no don't do that something that's uncomfortable repeatedly over the last oh no
2: No. people keep your masks on people
0: (laughs) good intentions I can empathize I love making faces at babies it's the best
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. well for me um just before we hopped on to record this uh, episode, I was actually hosting a online class. I actually work in in the outreach and education department for my agency that I work for. And we typically host monthly classes, free classes for the community members. So we've since transitioned since the pandemic um, to virtual classes or online classes. But typically in a normal year, we halt our outreach programs like this for December because the holiday season but for some reason um, we decided that we're going to host a December class and um, we had 11 people there today (laughs) so it was just awkward to be like hello welcome everyone and usually we have yeah we usually have like 30 to 40 people crammed into a room and it was like you know first of all during these online classes it's already k- kind of siloed in itself but to see the little marker of who was actually there it's like oh 10 people today okay totally get it kind of could almost hear the crickets in the background but hey we we posted a, a good class for those 11 people so hey better than no people 11 yeah. people, you got them <laughs> i know
0: Uh, Speaking of classes, by day, I am an assistant principal for an elementary school, uh, and we every Wednesday have reopening meetings where we discuss the possibility of reopening, and I don't know, just sitting there today felt so silly, because our county is back, I think, in the purple, which I still don't understand why that's worse than red. Like, my brain does not compute. Um, But... It we're like shutting down everything again. So to even speak about reopening or like the potential of in January and trying to communicate that to families, uh, it just felt kind of silly because everything shut. Like we're back to where we were when we went virtual in the first place. And so it seems Mm. to be that we're like ignoring the fact that we're going backwards health wise. But I mean, we'll see. It's all very flexible, which also makes it difficult and uncomfortable because sometimes you just wish someone would tell you what to do, you know? It just would be nicer yeah. if there was an answer, but alas, there is none.
2: Well. I feel like <laughs> flexibility is something that everyone has had to learn in mm-hmm. this whole thing because that's, I've heard that phrase so much more this year than I've ever have before. <laughs> be flexible. But yeah, I know, <laughs> be flexible. Um, But yeah, thank you for sharing both of your uncomfortable or awkward moments um, with us. And thank you again for being here with us to talk to us about this holiday season. So as Vanessa mentioned, um, in holidays past, pre-pandemic, of course, we're faced with awkward encounters with close and distant relatives, which can be challenging all all on its own. But now we're dealing with coordinating Zoom holiday meetups or grappling with the idea of not even seeing any Loved ones at all. Um, so this is all just a new level of uncomfortable, which is why we wanted to bring you both on and speak to our audiences from a therapist perspective. Um, but before we dive in, why don't you both introduce yourselves in more detail? Um, Kim, did you want to start us off with your um, background? Yeah. Um, so my name is Kimberly.
1: I am a Filipino immigrant. I moved to the U.S. when I was in high school. Um, so about 13, 14 years ago. Um I started um, working with children with developmental disabilities and adults with developmental disabilities. And that kind of just like kept me in the field of psychology. And from there, I moved to teaching high school kids. And then from there, I became a therapist. So right now, I'm currently working for a nonprofit. um, And I work with uh, children and teens um, with mental health challenges, um, also providing support to their families. Um, I am not licensed, as I mentioned earlier, but I'm working towards it. (laughs) Not yet. yet. As you can tell, I'm very bitter about it. Um, (laughs) It keeps coming up. Anyway. um, Yeah, but um, so I'm not an LMFT. I'm an AMFT. um, And yeah, I do want to work in the future with children and like be a certified play therapist. Um, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I I just I love the idea of being able to support someone through trauma and just experiences um, through play
2: and art. Awesome. Andrea, did you want to share your background as well? Yeah.
3: um, So I started out actually in bereavement. So I was working um, with a, a hospice agency in the East Bay and that's kind of where, yeah, I got my my chops, so to speak. (laughs) That was where I got my practicum hours, Um, and then, yeah, started doing um, internship with um, the Bill Wilson Center in Santa Clara. That was also in bereavement, and then from there, I found um, my current agency and get to work with Kim and with kids and their families. Um, I've been there for close to four years. I think we're coming up on four in in March. Um, Yeah. So I did take a little bit of time off for my daughter, but um, yeah, it's been been fun. And I just recently passed my clinical exam and (laughs) uh, and technically licensed, but now just waiting um, for the BBS to cash my check and to issue me my
0: license number. Yay! Soon, <laughs> so, hopefully. Everyone always says, yeah. like, it's yeah. due to COVID-19, so. Mm-hmm. Oh, and
3: the holidays. <laughs> I,
0: it's perfect time. Oh. <laughs> well, hopefully it comes sooner than later. Uh, yeah. And thank you for segueing us perfectly into, into the next part. So, uh, you know, holidays, seeing loved ones, it can bring up a lot of mixed emotions, a lot of feelings, whether they're positive, negative, or anything in between. Um, and it really seems like we can swing from being like really excited and happy to see them. And then the next minute, you're annoyed, you're over it. Uh, so, in your experience, what are some reasons that this might be happening for us?
2: And either of you can jump in. Yeah.
1: Well, one of the things that came up um, when you, for me at least, when the holidays come around, I feel like so hopeful and joyful, right? And I think many of us can relate to that like all those cheesy movies, and you walk into a store mm-hmm. and everything's so bright and yeah. colorful. <laughs> And we kind of go into these family gatherings with that mindset and that mood, feeling like, oh, maybe things will be different, like that hopefulness um, and kind Mm. of our expectations really high. And it's been a year since we saw some of these family members and we kind of forgot the things that we don't particularly like. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And then we're hit with the reality (laughs) that, oh, it's the same. Yeah they're still who they are. <laughs> yeah. A mismatch an expectation, I guess.
0: Oh, that's a good way to yeah. put it. A mismatch in expectation. Thank you. <laughs> yeah.
3: I mean, I'll just add, um, you know, that you, all of us as humans, right. We're probably going to be experiencing multiple, multiple emotions at the same time. So you can feel, you know, a lot of gratitude to be with your family and, and, you know, for health and, you know, children and all that. And at the same time also hold that annoyance of like, oh my God, <laughs>
2: like
3: this family member's still doing this or talking over, or interrupting us or, you know, whatever it is. Right. Um, so yeah, it's just, I don't know, that's all, all part of it. All part of
2: it. Yeah. That makes sense. I do like the, the, um, make the mismatch of, uh, expectations that's, I've never thought of it in that way, but yeah, interesting. Um, when we start to feel anxious or uncomfortable around family, especially during the holidays, do you have any tools or tips um, that we can use to assess what we're experiencing and addressing it? You know, we brought up, you know, this so-and-so relative talks over, you forget what these, who these um, characteristics and what these people do until you see them. So are there any tools that you think um, we could use to... Uh, address those things when they're happening
3: I I mean one thing that that comes to mind just right off the bat is um kind of working on some awareness around like what are your particular triggers um you know how do you experience that that anxiety or discomfort in your body like do you get short of breath or do you feel your heartbeat start to race or do your palms get sweaty um and so just kind of again, having an increased awareness of that so that you can start to pay attention to what's going on for you. Mm -hmm. So they call it like an observer mind. So it gives you a little bit of space to say, okay, I'm noticing this about myself. And rather than just reacting, Mm -hmm. I can actually pause, you know, find out what I need to do for me in that moment, um, and then act instead.
0: Okay. So looking for signs maybe that you're starting to feel upset or like uncomfortable Uncomfortable. all right because so often I feel I mean I'm sure I speak for a lot of people when I say this but by the time I notice I'm uncomfortable I'm already upset I'm like level 10 ready to fight somebody (laughs) or like leave Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) okay
3: yeah and it's not just something I think that you perfect overnight Mm -hmm. right like this is something that that we just work on um, as we grow as we age
1: I was just going to say sometimes, like what Vanessa was saying, we kind of leave that moment and re-react not just what's happening in the moment, but like from 20 years of experience with that family member. Uh,
2: Oh yeah, compounded for sure. (laughs) Yeah, and what I was going to say too is that being in that observer mindset or, or, you know, trying to activate that part of your awareness, essentially, I think can even work to your advantage right now because if you're doing like online or zoom um holiday meetups with family family members you can just turn your camera off for a sec and just walk away maybe (laughs) maybe that's a tip too that's an unexpected
0: benefit i don't even think about that i'm having internet internet. issues sorry
2: can't hear you (laughs) camera's
0: not working sorry (laughs) All right, I that really makes me think about the times where I think I have felt uncomfortable at family gatherings. Um, so that's helpful. Observer mindset, notice when it's happening. Are there any? And either of you can answer this. I know you had mentioned like sweaty palms or like labored breathing, maybe. What are some signs to look out for to notice that like, hey, I'm I'm getting upset by this.
3: Um.
1: It's so individual.
3: It is so individual.
1: Yeah. Physically, it could be like, mm-hmm. I personally get cold, literal, literal cold feet when I get nervous or when I get uncomfortable, Ooh. even if it's so mm-hmm. hot in the room, everything else in my body is warm, but my feet are going to be cold. Um, That's some,
0: <laughs> Yeah.
1: Some people, you know, it's like almost like a panic attack where, you know, the heart racing and the sweating and just hard to breathe. Um, uh Yeah.
2: Now I'm trying to think of what are, what my indicators are. <laughs> I definitely have the sweaty palms. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I definitely, if I'm really uncomfortable or really nervous about something, I'll shiver. Like even though it's warm out or like even though it's not cold, I would shiver as if I were were cold. Um, but yeah, that's interesting to like have to, it helps with making sure you identify those things so that it can Help guide how you're going to react to the situation.
0: All right. So observer mindset, y'all. If you're going into the holidays and you're going to see family, whether it's Zoom or not, observer mindset, notice what maybe makes you uncomfortable on how you react to it. Well, I mean, OK, we've said it multiple times. I'm going to say it again. It's an unusual time for everybody. Some of us are actually dealing with the fact that we might not be able to see our loved ones for the holidays. So in that case, I'm wondering what your advice is or what you would suggest for how we can process the feelings of loneliness or isolation
3: Mm -hmm. yeah that's definitely going to be coming up for a lot of people um and i think especially right now as as the numbers are rising right and already being in purple tier and um yeah it's just a lot of of weighing back and forth and you know your safety versus family safety and you know, if we do end up choosing right, like to cancel everything and just say, "Okay, twenty twenty was a wash," it's like, "All right, how are we <laughs> going to deal with that?" Um, you know, for some, it's it's really wanting interaction, whether that's Zoom or phone calls with loved ones, um, and then for other people, it might just be like kind of. Um, Kim and I were talking about this too. It's like making your own traditions, or how do you take oh. a family mm-hmm. tradition and make it more personal? on on a smaller
1: subscale. Yeah. Um, Interesting. uh, Another thing to think about, too, is your own personality type. Like, are you an introvert or an extrovert? Because that will determine how you would celebrate or how you would prefer to celebrate. Um, So like what Andrea said, connecting with others via Zoom or whatever platform, Um, if you were more of an extrovert and doing maybe family traditions with them that way, and maybe having a celebration on your own if you're an introvert and that's what you need is like space from everyone. And maybe this is a good thing for you this year that you're not pressured to go anywhere. You oh, know,
0: that's a positive way of looking at it. I just yeah. think I, I see on social media so much this, I kind of like a morning of 2020 where it's just, some people are very sad that they've like lost this year. Um, so I'm not sure if you have any insight on, you know, how to how to deal with that feeling or um, suggestions.
3: I mean, I would just say as a reminder too that we really do have um, a large amount of people in our country and in the world who are going to be going through this holiday period um, without loved ones, you know, if they have died due to COVID. Mm-hmm. And so for a lot of people you know, the celebrations are going to look different anyway. Um, and some people may choose to not even celebrate. A lot of the times if a family's grieving, they may choose to not celebrate, you know, that year or not do what they, they once did and kind of take a pause from that. So it really is, again, individual.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. That is, I mean, yeah, you, Vanessa, you mentioned it. You know, people mourning for this wash of a year, Um, but people are actually mourning the loss of loved ones. And I think for me personally, I think a lot of the way that I've coped is to just recognize that um, we just need to be more forgiving of ourselves and, you know, not so um, stuck in this whole fact that every year needs to be super productive and i need to achieve x (laughs) y and z or it's not a successful year especially this year because i have i struggled that on a normal year (laughs) but this year has been definitely the weirdest and the term of the year is unprecedented time um, that we've dealt with so i think yeah that's we have to recognize that a lot of people are all going through it alongside you um but yeah um another question that i had or um thought that I had is that people are still going to choose to see some family this Mm -hmm. year. Um, Depending on where you live, you may not have stay-at-home orders or shelter-in-place orders, Um, but some folks may be uncomfortable with how seriously or not seriously some of their family members that they're going to end up seeing at these small gatherings, hopefully, um, have been in terms of Sticking to having a mask on or social distancing or sticking to however many people that your county is telling you that you can meet up with outside, Um, you know, like so you're going to be meeting up or have plans with family or friends and you don't know or can trust where they've been essentially. And um, I guess my question is, what are your thoughts on that and what are your suggestions, if any, about how you can address having conversations or reactions um to those uh situations
1: that makes me want to say i'm uncomfortable
2: yeah ha, get it
1: i'm, I'm uncomfortable <laughs> yeah um <laughs> that's why we're here <laughs> <laughs> no so it's so true though like um If it were your own place, say, you know, you felt comfortable inviting other people, right? It's so easy to set your own rules. But if you're going to someone else's house, it's like, how do you enforce these things? How do we set those boundaries? Um, But uh, one easy way uh, that comes to mind is just modeling, you know, letting them know ahead of time, like, hey, I'm going to be there, but I'm going to wear my mask the whole time and I'm going to eat outside and just, yeah, just setting the right expectations for the host. Um, assuming that they're understanding, and yeah, um, right. we'll go into de- detail later if they happen to not be us understanding. But yeah, one easy way is to model. That's a good
2: suggestion mm-hmm. to just set that ba- the boundary up front versus kind of feeling it out as it goes, because then by then it could be too late in yeah. this situation. Yeah, I yeah. think
3: the expectations need to be set uh, beforehand. So one, like if family was inviting you and you were coming over, you could say, you know, we will be wearing our masks in order for us to come. We also need to be, um, you know, assured that everybody else will be as well. Um, And then as hard as this is, I know it's not easy to do, especially in the moment, but if you are there and you're feeling uncomfortable because people aren't wearing masks or respecting, you know, the six feet or you know, whatever it is, um, to feel comfortable enough to say, which I know is hard with family. Um, yeah. yeah, but look, you know, at this point guys, like we're, we're feeling uncomfortable and, you know, we had discussed this up front about everybody needing to wear masks and that's not happening. So we're actually going to need to leave.
2: Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think it's making this the decision for yourself, like where that hard line is, because at least for me in in situations that I've been, I'm like, okay, you know, you see on social media, too, it's you can kind of tell when people are like, okay, well, you've interacted with this person that I don't know, like at all. (laughs) And then how, you know, how am I going to know for sure? Um, But I think the decision that I've at least made recently is just asking straight up. And and I like the idea of modeling, too, and setting those expectations ahead of time so that there are no um, question marks (laughs) before these little gatherings. Everyone Mm. is kind of on the same page, or at least there's an attempt to have everyone on the same page. An
0: effective strategy that I've seen, uh, hopefully this is helpful to someone listening, Um, someone I work with actually so their husband, they were going over for Thanksgiving um, and she made it very clear to him that if uh, certain relatives who are currently college students were going to be present that she didn't feel comfortable going. Her reasoning being that college is college and college kids are still clearly finding ways to see each other, have parties, whatever, you can't really control. And even if they are being safe, if they so happen to be exposed by someone who isn't, she just doesn't want to take that chance. So mm-hmm. what she did is she made it very clear, like, hey, if they're, they're going to be there, I'm not going, in a, in a nice way, in a respectful way. And I think to Kim's point, maybe about setting expectations, it was helpful to then have him feel out on his end who is part of the guest list, who will be expected to show up so you can kind of adequately prepare. Um, Or I guess let people know, like, hey, I'm actually not going to be there because I just don't personally feel safe. I think it's just hard. Because the uncomfortability is like if it's your family, that's that's one set of being uncomfortable. It's like oh, but maybe I don't want to hurt someone's feelings, or but I do want to see them. And then if it's like a significant other's family, it's like ooh, ooh I, yeah. I don't want to overstep that boundary, or like who am I to say anything, or like I don't want to seem like um like I have a stick up my butt party pooper type of person, you know. Yeah. Which yeah, that's come up. I but think see, for sure.
2: I I find that so frustrating because. Mm. I felt that, too, like this weird guilt of being like, oh, I actually am not going to attend this thing or, you know, I I'm going to be the one that has the mask on the whole time. And I don't know why I felt this guilt that's that comes with that of like, but I shouldn't feel guilty for being safe. Right. But for some reason, it's like I'm the party pooper, like you said, Vanessa, (laughs) that keeps the mask on the whole time. Well, I don't time. know, Kim and Dre,
0: have, have you guys experienced that? Or, yeah. you know, has that happened?
2: <laughs> Am I the only one feels this way? No, no. Um,
1: <laughs> personal story, Thanksgiving was hectic for me because similar to what you were explaining, actually. Um, but I did keep my mask on. I, I'm going to be honest, probably like 80, 90% of the time. Like, I had times where I'm like, oh, I can't breathe. Like, I have to take it off. Um, but... I, the way I kind of processed that guilt a little bit or like overcame that guilt a little bit was because my guilt was coming from, I don't want them to think that they're dirty, that they're Ah, COVID
2: contaminated or infected. Like, do you think I have it? Like, why do you think (laughs) I have
1: it? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Dirty was not the right word, but anyway. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And so I like kept saying like, what if I'm infected mm. you know I'm trying to protect you like no. I know my test came back yeah. negative but like I kept telling people like whenever they say oh it's okay like we're all safe I'm like oh I know it's it's fine like I'm just worried that I'm not so like flipping just, it
0: yeah. oh that's a good idea so that happened to mm-hmm. me <laughs> but I didn't say what you said that exact thing happened to me uh where my uh, my stepdad one of his kids came in and, and they all work in the medical field but she came in and she Saw me with my mask on sitting on the couch, and I was the only one with my mask on. But I just felt, you know, that's their home. I'm coming from like NorCal to SoCal. Like, I want to make sure that I'm safe. And she uh, saw me with the mask and was like, Oh, don't worry. I'm fine. I got tested last week. And I just, my immediate thought was, So, you could have gotten it yesterday. <laughs> but I kind of froze. I didn't say anything. Um, and that would have been nice to say, to have that in the back pocket. Like, Oh, well, it's, 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 I'm protecting you. Like, <laughs> instead of just, like,
3: I didn't know what to do. I just sat in the awkwardness
0: of
2: that moment.
3: we've seen all those diagrams, too, that, like, talk about how the person wearing the mask, like, that's how it's preventing Mm -hmm. the spread. So it's not, it is for the other person's protection. Because ultimately, like, if I was trying to protect myself, I wouldn't want everybody else to be wearing the mask. That's true. That's true. So... Mm -hmm. That's a good way to put
0: it. So we're not
2: lying. That is very true. It is, it is a, a, that's actually a fact, not like some sort of like quick draw that you can use just in case. Like, you know, that's actually facts.
0: Well, I think people forget that. You know, yes, we've seen the diagrams, but there's a very uh, wide spectrum of people who believe, not believe in between all of the things out there.
2: But I think, but I think too, uh, a lot of the assumption is that people are defensive over things so it's like when you do see someone with that mask on and they're saying oh well you don't it's okay um I got tested so you know they're trying to like defend that they're like okay well I'm good like I you don't need to worry but it's I do like the idea of Flipping it and being like, well, it's for my, you know, me protecting everyone else, too, because maybe I'm unsure that I I haven't caught it in the last day when I was at the grocery store or something like that. So
0: kind of a a weird follow up question. Uh, I'm just wondering if maybe you've experienced it or just have any, you know, things to say about uh, people who maybe aren't as big of believers of the covid You know, and kind of are like, eh, whatever, it's fine, everything's fine, and who just kind of are very obviously not taking it seriously. Have you encountered that or any suggestions for that? Because, you know, you never know who in your family either does or doesn't buy into it, so to speak.
2: Run. (laughs) (laughs) Run the other way, throw a mask and run. run. Oh Andrea, do you have a more <laughs> insightful answer to
3: that? No, I'm, I was just—I mean, I was thinking more like I would would hope that you would know enough about like mm-hmm, that going in. that group of the family, or you know what I mean, like to kind of mm-hmm. know in advance that maybe that's how they feel, and um, yeah, maybe come up with <laughs> with an excuse of, as to why you can't go, or if you're feeling really mm-hmm. brave and secure, like draw that boundary. Um, yeah, that's or maybe just run,
0: or maybe just run. <laughs> oh, you know what? I'm not, yeah. you, my stomach hurts. I think I might need to
3: leave.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's hard. <laughs> just run far away. Oh. <sighs> I think a lot of the discussion that we've had is just identifying, being okay with identifying boundaries because it's. It's something that is more pertinent than ever. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I I really do appreciate all of the insight and the little tips and tricks that Mm -hmm. um, you've shared with us today.
0: Hopefully they're very helpful for our listeners. I know Mm -hmm. I've already learned a lot of skills that I'm definitely going to use. uh, And hopefully it helps with the not feeling like you're caught off guard or like you don't know what to do and need an escape but anyway (laughs) thank you again kim and andrea for coming on the show uh where can our listeners find you and follow you or is there any kind of last tidbits of info you want to share with our audience today
1: um yeah uh i am not i don't have any public social media so um but you can find me on linkedin kimberly martin Yes, There she
3: is.
0: Kimberly Martin. Okay. (laughs) Um, I
1: really...
3: I was just going to agree with you. I really don't have any online platforms at this point either. I feel like that's further down the the career development path.
2: (laughs) No worries. No worries. As for the tidbit... Yes, please. We love them.
1: (laughs) um, You mentioned self-compassion earlier, and I think this is really big, or like being compassionate with ourselves, (laughs) and I think this is really big this year. Um. Yeah, just being kind to yourself during these times, it's really hard for everyone, and we all have our own struggles, and um, self-care is, mm-hmm. although it's uh, so, it's used so casually these days, like self-care and self-nourishment, like making sure that you're doing something that actually re-energizes you and not just like... Going through the motions. Yeah, or like avoiding things, because that's, that's not so much... Um, helping. Like numbing. Yeah. yeah. So something that re-energizes ah. you and brings you more clarity and grounding and recenters you, whatever that is for you, um, just keep doing more of that because I don't know. We don't know when this is going to end and finding out those activities or practices now is really important. Um,
2: yeah. I love that.
3: Thanks, Kim. <laughs> yeah, and, and please just... You know reach out like help is out there um i think especially during this time like mm. as, as mental health therapists right like we're obviously going to promote that um but a lot of us have like gone you know back into our <laughs> yes. own therapy too just because it's a lot to hold for everybody else um and so if we can just encourage that like really reach out mm. reach out get support um, whatever that may look like psychology today is a great resource okay. you can type in your zip code mm. And it'll pop up like a whole list of therapists that are in your area. Um, there's low cost fee clinics too. So really don't let, um, you know, cost hold you back to if insurance is, is an issue.
0: I have to echo that because that's how I found my oh. therapist. She's amazing. So it works.
2: So maybe I need to go onto that list because I've been in need of a new therapist there we for go. a while. Now you know so. where to look. I love yeah. good resources. I love that. And
3: don't don't be afraid to <laughs> shop around like you know, it may take a a few tries, unfortunately, to find the perfect therapist, but it's kind of like the perfect hairdresser. Mm. Like once you find your person, (laughs) then you're good. Very true.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I love that that's a great note to end this all on so thank you both again for being here with us for our special in between season one and season two um, holiday episode um, we hope all of you listening have enjoyed all of their tips and tricks and, and words of encouragement really um, to help you through this holiday season um, and we can't wait to bring you more episodes in season two so be sure if you're following us on Spotify and Apple Podcast and of course on um, Instagram at imuncomfortable.podcast. Have a safe holiday season and we will see you all in the new year. Bye.